What up, world? It's past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Find it wherever podcasts are sold. It's been a minute, y'all. Your boy's been on vacation. But now I'm back in action. And as promised, the moment I left my home and my microphone, a huge trade went down. So we'll talk about that. Even if it's a little bit late, I owe y'all at least a chance to discuss massive NBA news. We'll also talk a little bit about the Blazers. We're in the stage where from we've moved from Blazer news that was podcast speculation to now unsourced, substantiated truth or rumor. Also, we'll talk a little bit about predictions. Spoiler alert, Nate Silver still hates the Blazers, or at least Nate Silver's math nate silver's math still hates the blazers and finally uh damian lord talked held a summer camp this week and talked to reporters there i'll fill you in on what dame said about uh his summer and the team but let us start with the biggest news of the nba week russell westbrook the longest tenured player left in the league no longer that he is headed to Houston somehow, some way, in exchange for Chris Paul. Uh, in return, the Thunder, who I guess are in the midst of tearing it down, and I'll talk a little bit about that. I don't think they're going to be that bad. But, but they're certainly rebuilding from what they once were. And in addition to Chris Paul, the 34-year-old point guard, future Hall of Famer, the Oklahoma City Thunder got two protected first-round picks, one in 2024 and one in 2026, and two and the right to swap picks with the Thunder in 2021 and 2025. Seems like a pretty good haul. Seems like a lot of sweetener for Houston to give up to get out from under Paul's contract, but uh, as I talked a little bit about on this podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, a while, while back, one of the segments, uh, Chris Paul and James Harden just did not like each other. So this was probably something Houston had to do. Um, I think the obvious thing that I'm not going to spend too much time on, I'll point you in the direction of Locked on Rockets and Locked on Thunder for deeper breakdowns on this trade and what it means for the future of those teams. But certainly what it means just in the in the less specific picture is that there are a lot of good duos around the league. Uh, I think the Westbrook Harden duo is a little bit strange um, just because both of those dudes want the ball in their hands and Westbrook isn't a guy who spaces the floor. He is by some measurements, the worst three point shooter in the history of the league. If you consider volume, but I kind of think that's only going to matter in the playoffs when they get exposed by teams that can game plan really specifically against them. I think talent wins out, and this is a team that can win lots and lots of regular season games. Um, Even if Westbrook is trending down, he's still probably one of the 15 or 20 best players in the NBA. They'll figure it out in the regular season, and then they'll just have to see if this is a championship-level team or is this just a new version of a very good regular season squad like they were a season ago. But there's a lot of... This is this is just... This has become the trend from the super team to the super pals. Westbrook and Harden, LeBron and AD, 
Kawhi and Paul George, Kevin Durant when he gets healthy, and Kyrie Irving. I'm sure I'm forgetting um, some guys trying to do this off the top of my head. Uh, Damon CJ, Kemba Walker, and Gordon Hayward if you're into it. Um, But yeah, this, um, it is, we've, I think, and Dame talked a little bit about this at camp, and I'll, I'll touch on this in the third segment, is that I don't, I think the West has gotten uh, maybe a little less top-heavy. Like, there is no team that's so clearly the best team like the Warriors were the past three seasons, even if they didn't win the championship, but, you know, extenuating circumstances. But there are just, there are maybe more good teams in the West now. And I think Westbrook going to Houston, albeit a strange fit, still makes them very formidable. And on the other side of the trade, I don't think, like, I know that uh, the Thunder are stockpiling picks. They're doing this strange thing um, that we maybe haven't seen NBA teams do, which as, as opposed to kind of letting the chips fall where they may and starting a rebuild naturally as, say, Dirk ages or something like that. Um or Kobe ages in, in, in with the Lakers. OKC kind of jumped into rebuilding mode while they still had two of the best 20 players in the league and a playoff team and a team that heading into the last season thought they could win an NBA title. And then quickly, within about 10 days, they've completely pivoted. They've stockpiled a ton of draft picks. They just have a ton of draft picks. Not really a bunch next year, but in the following years, like basically after 2021, the 2021 season, they have a ton of draft capital coming their way for this rebuild. And I kind of teased this at the beginning, but I don't think they're going to be like uh, today. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported that it looks like Chris Paul will not be traded to another team. It kind of was, there was some speculation that maybe he would head to Miami and, and, um, form another uh, high-powered duo with Jimmy Butler, although I don't know if that's a championship-level duo, but certainly it's one with big names and big contracts. But it looks like OKC, according to the reporting from Woj, is going to just hold on to Paul George, or excuse me, hold on to Chris Paul. And I, I kind of think they're going to be okay. Like obviously they're going to be, they're going to take a step back, but. Daniel Gallinari was the Clippers' best player for most of the season, if not all of the season. Um, if you don't agree with me, that's fine, but I watched a ton of Clippers games. He was their best player. Shea Gilles Alexander's good. He was one of the best rookies in the league last year, and he's going to get better. Chris Paul, for all his obvious shortcomings, and uh, I, I think it's mostly cultural more than anything why they had to get him out of Houston so quickly. And he's, he's obviously facing some physical limitations as a 34-year-old. But he was, like, his numbers last year when Harden wasn't, off the floor, wasn't on the floor was he was still one of the, the good point guards in the league. Uh, the numbers might belie some of his obvious shortcomings is that he's getting um, slower and he's six feet tall. But the, the dude's still pretty good. Uh, maybe you get more from Steven Adams when he's away from Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think losing Jeremy Grant's going to be a problem, but like I, I don't know if this is a playoff team, but I, I think this is a team that will hang around in that mix for longer than people think, assuming that they don't trade Gallo and and then and flip Chris Paul for like you know non guys who aren't ready to contribute right now. But as they as they stand right now, like they're, they're a team that's gonna that I think will like flirt with forty plus wins 
uh, I might be totally off on that, but um, if those dudes are healthy, you know, Gallo and Chris, asking Gallo and Chris Paul to play 75 games is kind of crazy. But if those dudes are healthy, I, I think the Thunder are better than, than most people think. And real quick, as long as we are, um, before we pivot to, to uh, Blazer predictions and we're talking about transactions, uh, this is a report from Jason Quick, is that the Blazers, as I speculated on the last podcast, are going to go, likely to go into preseason with just 14 roster spots. They are not going to fill out their 15th roster spot, and they are targeting with that, 14, they have 13 guys in their roster now, so with that, with their one spot that they're looking to fill heading into training camp, they are looking to sign a center. And when you are considering who they might sign, remember this. They only can offer a minimum contract. So the list of guys who can sign minimum contracts isn't super fun, but it does include, uh, I think the funniest one would be Greg Monroe. Someone who uh, Neil Olshay has pursued in the past. I've seen jokes about this on Twitter already, and it was the name that I immediately thought of. Why not, Neil? Chase those chase those stars that you couldn't land four years ago, now that they're severely undervalued or maybe not good. But yeah, veteran center, according to Jason Quick of The Athletic, is who the Blazers are going to target for that 14th and final roster spot as they head into training camp. It's not as exciting as the Westbrook CP3 stuff. That's why I didn't lead with it, but it is nonetheless transactional news is why it made the first segment uh but i guess the more important to me than that um i'm not sure the blazers need a center they definitely need a big uh two two quick thoughts i think this means that zach collins is basically going to play power forward every single minute of the season next season unless the blazers go super small not sure i'm wild about that idea but that seems to be the way that the roster construction is going and two Seems like the Blazers are comfortable with point guards Damian Lillard and some combination of C.J. McCollum and Anthony Simons. I know they love Simons and want him to play. I thought there was a chance they might sign a point guard to let him play off the ball. But as I speculated on the last podcast titled, Is Anthony Simons Ready? Check it out in your podcatcher where you found this pod. If you haven't heard it yet, C.J. McCollum might play a lot of backup point guard again next year. That's it. That's my news. At least that's my first segment. Second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the latest 538 predictions and why Nate Silver always underestimates the Trailblazers, or at least why his computer does. But before we get there, I want to tell you guys, we got a great deal for you. It's Postmates. It's your personal food delivery and grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. And for a limited time offer, Postmates is giving Locked On Blazers listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. So download download the Postmates app wherever you get apps and use the code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D space O-N. Locked On for $100 in free delivery credit. Check it out. So I talked about in the first segment why I think the Rockets would be pretty good during the regular season. Uh, mostly because I think talent wins out, and I think you can just stagger the minutes of Westbrook and uh, James Harden a lot and just kind of win games by being pretty good. If Eric Gordon is healthy and and, and playing well, he's, um, albeit another weird fit, uh, a valuable shooter and, and guy who can play off either of those two guards. If Clint Capella bounces back a little bit from what was kind of a down year, they're going to be good again. And you know who else agrees with me? It's everyone's favorite data scientist, Nate Silver. 
I think actually he's everyone's least favorite data scientist because they don't know another one. But your boy has, your boy Nate, Nathaniel. He's got NBA predictions. He calls it the way too early predictions for the 2019-2020 season. You can check it out on his website, 538.com. But listen, he thinks the Rockets, or his model says the Rockets, projected to go 58-24 and and win the West. No other West team is projected to win more than 51 games. Nuggets, Lakers, Warriors, all predicted to win in the 50s. 51 for the Lakers and Nuggets, 50 for the Warriors. Jazz, a 49-win team. Clippers, the newly signed Clippers, a 48-win team. Uh, Mostly the model thinks that Paul George isn't going to play until Thanksgiving, and so that will hold them back a little bit. After the Clippers, the model really likes the Dallas Mavericks, 44 wins. The Pelicans, 43 wins. The T-Wolves, 43 wins. The Thunder, the aforementioned Thunder, 41 wins. And you'll notice that I'm now, I'm 10 teams deep. I have not listed the 11th team because the 11th team in the West, according to the 538 model, is the Portland Trailblazers. 41 and 41. The model gives them a 37% chance to make the playoffs. Very curiously. I don't know what to do with this. He predicted them to win 39 games last year. They won 53. Um, if you're just looking at uh, the big the the Westgate odds that ESPN uses at the beginning of every season, the Blazers uh, four of the past five years have uh, have improved on on what those predictions said have outperformed those those predictions betting lines are a little bit different than models so i don't want to i don't want to conflate those two as the same things a betting line is set in order to draw betters so setting a bet at 42 wins you want you kind of the way you set those odds is where you can get the right amount of money on both sides the over and the under on those odds. So that's a little bit different than a straight up prediction. The 538 model is a prediction and it hates the Blazers. It hated the Blazers last year when they won 53 games. I, my read on this is that the Damon CJ performed relatively. And so with same with Hassan Whiteside pretty poorly on um, some of those catch-all defensive metrics. Uh, I know Hassan had the, led the league in defensive rating, um, according to basketball reference last year, but the other defensive metrics don't aren't as friendly to him. Dame and CJ have never performed well in the sort of real plus-minus world of um, those defensive real plus-minus categories, those catch-alls. Uh, and I know that Silver isn't specifically using the exact same metrics as... Uh, as the ESPN models, but he's using what he calls these Carmelo player projections to that are kind of built into um, that are uh, these catch-all stats that are kind of built in to to predict the success of teams. And he even says that the model was specifically underrating the Blazers all last year. And I I mentioned why I think that is, but but the other thing I think is that it can't catch is that um, is the kind of soft stuff like. I don't know if we'll see that this year because the Blazers have such a new team, but the continuity, the the Blazers 
sort of leaned on chemistry a lot to sort of maybe dig out some wins that other teams w- didn't always have. And I know in and of that self, it's, it's kind of the, it, it proves itself. It's, it begs the question. Um, but uh, they rely on, they rely on chemistry. They rely on continuity. They rely on their familiarity with what they want to do to kind of steal some regular season wins. Whether that's chemistry or just because their best player has played in this coach's system for seven plus seasons, eight eight seasons next year, and they can kind of get some wins that maybe teams that are just kind of figuring each other out are uh, aren't capable of winning early in the season, and they're and they're kind of just stealing four or five games based on just their familiarity and 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 continuity and things like that, and maybe that's why they're ahead of this model. But I think it's under I think. The, I think the 538 model underestimates uh, Stotts and Damian Lillard's ability to get, to get the best out of guys. And maybe the model corrects itself, and eventually mid-season they kind of get back on track and project the Blazers to, to be a, a playoff-type team. Uh, certainly in the middle of last year, the Blazers were you know, heading in, into the even the all-star break, the Blazers were like a 97% chance to make the, the playoffs when heading into the season, they were projected to win 39 games. So certainly it course corrects at some point, um, their live predictions, but right now 538 um, continuously just doesn't get it. Or maybe they do get it. Maybe the Blazers are going to go 41 and 41 and we'll all look back at this podcast and we'll say, why didn't Mike know Nate Silver is a genius? I tend to think uh, these things are more interesting than predictive. I think it's interesting that the model really likes the Sixers and the Rockets more so than I say, well, the Sixers and the Rockets are going to be good because Nate Silver and 538 really likes them. I just think um, considering why a, a statistical model likes a certain team is more of a valuable thought exercise than arguing with it outright and shaking your fists. But if you want to shake your fists... Please do so now. I'll pause for that. Okay, good. I'm glad you got that out of your system. When we get back for segment three, Damien Lord spoke to the media earlier this week while I was still on vacation. I don't have that audio, and if you know me, you know I would have pulled it if I did. But I'll read you some of his quotes. I think it's pretty interesting. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you guys that when you're driving to work or driving home from work or you're just driving around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Blazers and I'll be right there with you for the drive. Make it a part of your daily routine. Every time you get in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Lockdown Blazers. All right, welcome back. Still Lockdown Blazers, still Mike Richmond, still pass first point guard. So Damian Lord, he holds an annual summer camp in Portland. If you are a Portland person with a young child, I recommend sending them to this camp, if nothing else, because Dame is there all day, every day, and you get a year young child gets to spend a bunch of time around one of the best players in the history of the Blazers, one of the best players in the league, and that's pretty cool. Um, I went to a bunch of basketball camps as a kid, and I remember seeing people like Dave Odom and was excited about that. He's a longtime college basketball coach. Um, Damian Lillard, decisively more fun for a young kid than Dave Odom, unless you're me and you're a longtime basketball dork. But Damian Lillard not only, um, you know, spent time teaching <laughs> teaching kids the art of hoops, but he also had a media appearance. He does, um, I think he does two separate weeks of camps, but always at the beginning of 
one of those camps or maybe the mid midpoint in between the, the two weeks. Um, he speaks to the media. Um, it's like a formal media event. They send out a press release. Uh, he comes out and talks to a bank of cameras and reporters. Um, so there's, you know, he's getting that, he's getting that good publicity. Man knows what he's doing. But uh, he talks about a lot of things. Um, if you are into him talking about Space Jam or NBA 2K and his rating in the NBA 2K video game, I am not going to talk about that. Find that at other media outlets. That is, that, uh, I'm going to self-edit here, that stuff is boring to me. I'm even someone who plays video games, and I find the 2K rating stuff to be incredibly boring. Let's talk about Space Jam the movie, which is almost certainly going to be um, bad. We'll talk about how, what it is, when it comes out. Speculating about Dame's role in it, at this point, it's just summer content for others, but not summer content here at Lockdown Blazers. Here at Lockdown Blazers, we're talking about mostly basketball stuff. So what did Dame say when in a brief Q&A with the media? We said we talked about a lot of things. Uh, Jason Quick, friend of the show, transcribed the entire Q&A on The Athletic. If you don't have a subscription, uh, you're missing out. Uh, Jason usually does way cooler stuff than a Q&A, but the Q&A is very valuable in and of itself. So yeah, get a subscription to The Athletic. So you can get these quotes before you hear it here. But if not, I will read some of them to you, the best that I found. Anyways, uh, Damon Lord talked a little about um, what he expects from next season. And I thought, um, this is interesting. I'm going to read these quotes out of order, but, you know, it's fine. Uh, he, he said, you know, are, are you, ex- what do you expect? What are your expectations for next season? And he says, you never know. We always reach out to guys and try to get them in town early, early September, so we can start training together, get to know each other better, playing pickup, learning each other better, being on the floor, being in the weight room, being around town. Then when camp starts, it's not brand new. We know each other. We know what to call people. You're not calling them by their full name. You know what what they like to be called, stuff like that. And then from there, it just happens. You can't force it. You just have to let it happen. Uh, Famously, four or five years ago, four years ago, the summer of 2015, uh, Damon Lillard organized a, like a group trip to uh, San Diego, like a bonding trip where the team kind of got together. I don't think they're going to do that anymore. Dame's 29 years old. He talked about how that was kind of when he was younger. Um, but he will convince guys to come in. And vets usually roll in around Labor Day. That's like pretty normal. Um, but th- this is everybody rolling in um, sometimes a week before Labor Day. He says September. I think um, that's probably reasonable. But uh, but maybe even before that, you know, Dame's here all summer. So maybe even before that, you'll get guys in the gym. Uh, just playing around, getting to know each other. Uh, there's a story Dame tells about the first time he played pickup with Zach Collins. I wrote about this in the past. So if you are a longtime reader of mine, you've heard the story before. But uh, he's playing with Zach and Zach is kind of, He's always been that dude just to like start stuff, um, you know, get into little tussles. He's, he doesn't take any crap and he loves, he's, he's not afraid to get into a little scrap, but uh, he he tried to call a foul in the, one of these pickup games in, in August, his, his rookie season. You know, he's, he's 
brand new to the team, 19 years old. And Dame says, you know, if you're going to call a foul, you got to call it, dude. And so Zach screams at the top of the lungs, at the top of his lungs, that's an effing foul. And the whole gym erupted laughing. And it was kind of this like quick icebreaker to get to, to kind of get to know what kind of dude Zach was. Um, and Zach kind of downplayed it. But Dame said it was like a little moment where he said, okay, I, you know, I like this guy. He's got a little something to him. Uh, so I think that's the value of getting guys early in here. And I think that's, you know, getting Kent Bazemore and, and getting uh, Mario Hazonia and getting Hassan Whiteside to be in the gym daily and play and pick up and five on five in, you know, unorganized but organized games uh, with the rest of their teammates is really valuable. And Dame says, if you're excited for the season, just hearing that, Damian Lillard shares your excitement. Read this quote. I think there's probably more anticipation now than probably any other time. After my rookie year, when we had a solid year, and the next year we knew we were going to be good, I was really excited to get to that, and we ended up having a great season. Then after everybody left in the summer of 2015, coming back with a new group, I was excited. But this year, it's like, it's even bigger. It's an even bigger change, it seems like. We're pretty much bringing in a whole new team, different types of people. You know, everybody has been... a what about this guy? Is He's this and he's that. So it'll be interesting. You know, I'm excited to see what it's going to be. Uh, I, I, I think that's um, pretty honest from Dame. He usually is um, fairly straightforward with those things. I think, and he's mentioned this, he mentioned this um, during a, a press conference he gave in, in Las Vegas this summer, is that he would have preferred to have the same team for the rest of time because that's the kind of loyal dude he is. But I think when you kind of step away and you watch the team build, there's reason to be excited. Um, it's a new group, got a lot. If nothing else, you got a ton of different players in the back half of the rotation. You know, Rodney Hood was a starter, or at least a big bit, a big part of the playoff push. But without Yusuf Nurkic, um, it's a huge chunk of minutes that you're replacing, and they'll kind of have to figure that out on the fly early in the season. Something that they haven't been forced to do the last two years with essentially the exact same team coming back. So if you're excited about the Blazers, so is Dame. And finally, uh, the last sort of interesting quote that I thought, um, and I've written about this in the past, is like Dame talking about his summer and how he uh, how he kind of has evolved as he gets older. And one of the ways he's evolved is he always kind of figures out how to have less wear and tear on his body. I think at the end of last season in the Western Conference Finals, Dame looked tired. Uh, he he looked he looked like he just never played that many high level basketball games before. And um, in the past, particularly the season where he had plantar fasciitis and had to deal with that foot issue, he kind of started thinking of new ways to kind of get off his feet. He was doing more stuff in the pool. He was doing more yoga. He was just being more sensitive to how to take care of his body. Um, But this year, I think he's taken it to a new level. And this quote kind of talks about that a little bit. He says, you got to work smarter, not harder. I mean, I always try to just go, go, go. I work out two times and then I want to be ready to do more stuff because I always tell myself, you have to put your body through it. You have to be ready. You have to do all these things. But what I've learned so far this summer, I trained for like two weeks. I was doing a bunch of conditioning. I was on the court a lot. And then I was in like in Mexico for five days. And then I came to Vegas and I went to LA to do some stuff. That stuff is Space Jam, by the way, guys. And it was 10 days that I hadn't trained at all. Then last Monday, I started working working out out here again, and I felt great. So I was like, I need to start giving myself a break more often than I do because I felt better after 10 days of nothing and hanging out with my cousins and stuff, and I felt better. I think that's the stuff I'm picking up more now is like the older I get, the more rest I need to give my body, and I actually felt better when I did it. So making sure I stay on top of the right kind of training, doing the sm- doing things smart. When I do it, do it hard and make sure I'm treating my body right, but make sure I get the rest in. 
So yeah, that's 29-year-old Damian Lillard. A more mature offseason where he's not beating up his body. Uh, I think the sort of Instagram, social media world has like every NBA dude filming themselves running up sand dunes and sweating and lifting a ton of weight and being in the gym, yada, yada, yada. Um, You'll see a little bit of that from Dame, mostly like uh, boxing workouts and stuff like that. But I think this is... This is a, a like a, a more a clearer window into what his summers are actually like when it's like he's got stuff to do. He's got to go film Space Jam. He's got to go do a press conference. He wants to go on vacation with his friends and family. Um, he just he's probably going to go to Asia and do another Adidas tour of of China and, and surrounding parts. And he's got to find out ways to still be in the gym working and getting better and being really smart about how much he pounds his body because he's at his athletic peak. He can go extremely hard in the summer, but it's not about going extremely hard in the summer as much as I think now it's about getting your body to a place it needs to be. So the Blazers can make another deep playoff run and that he is physically ready for that deep playoff run. I think he understands it. It sounds like it. Guys, I'm back from vacation. I'm going to do another one of these podcasts this week because I owe it to y'all. So if you have questions and I'm going to put this out on Twitter later, but I'm going to do a mailbag at the end of this week. So if you have questions, tweet them at me at Mike G rich on Twitter or at you can email them to locked on blazers pod at gmail.com. Uh, I've never got an email there. So you could be the first one ever. Um, if you, uh, Forget that email address. It's in the uh, the Locked On Blazers Twitter bio, so you can find it there. But at Mike G Rich on Twitter, if you have questions, I'll do a mailbag. I'll probably record it Thursday night for Friday. Uh, so hit me up as you're listening to this. Go ahead and and shoot me questions you have about the Blazers or things I didn't answer or things um, you thought I got wrong that we can kind of have a um, distant argument with over uh, you listening to this podcast and then tweeting at me and then me recording another podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. You know I always do. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. They can find this podcast wherever they get pods. That's Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, on the Himalaya app, and also streaming on Spotify. Appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you soon.